Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Pond Hunter Broadcast from the Under the Sea Radio Show on Blog Talk Radio. The Pond Hunter, in the pursuit of all things aquatic. Take a look yeah. into the world of koi ponds, water gardens, and the lifestyles of the aquatically obsessed. Meet That's the pros, right. hobbyists, and cover some no-nonsense pond advice straight from the field. Straight from the field. The Pond Hunter. In the pursuit of all things aquatic, here's your host, koi pond and water garden expert, Mike Gannon. Hey, everybody. Hi. Welcome to the Pond Hunter radio broadcast, episode 49. That's almost 50. And I'm your host, Mike Gannon, also almost 50. In this episode, we're going to be talking about what seems to be a growing threat for outdoor fish keepers here in the U.S. This problem may surprise you. It's not the same old, same old heron issues or raccoon or bear. No. In this episode, episode we're going to be talking about mink, the American mink, and how it could impact your koi ponds goldfish pond, trout pond, tilapia pond, depending on what type of pond you keep. And it's a big topic, too big for just me. So I'm going to be joined in this episode by an award-winning professional, Tim Wood. And Tim is owner of Aquatic Edge Consulting based out of Pennsylvania. Tim designs and builds constructed ponds, koi pond, water garden, water features. And he also has a natural pond and lake management division. And I'm very happy to have Tim joining me again to talk about the American mink. Hey, Tim, are you on the line? Hey, Tim. Hey, Tim, you on the hey. line? Yeah. Doing. Hey, how are you? Doing all right. Uh, had a had a long day and got in here just in time to hop on with you. <laughs> There you go. Me too. I, I kind of made it just in time. <laughs> a little yeah, bit of well, a, we, a rush uh, home. Did you uh, did yeah. you tell your listeners yet about our a uh, little bit of our technical difficulty issue from last week? Well, this is round two because we certainly did try to get the podcast going last week, but we had yeah exactly that some tef- technical different difficulties. I couldn't connect. I don't know what was going on, but but we're back. And we're here, and we're ready to talk about cute, furry little minks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the cute little buggers that they are. <laughs> oh, they're wonderful. But no, but so, uh, <laughs> what how I was are you doing? How's was, everything? Uh, yeah, go ahead. Good, good, real good. I was gonna say, you know, last week we had our, um, our, we were scheduled for, I think it was eight thirty, um, whatever day what that was last week, and. Um, you know, it was, it was a good time, you know, had time to get everything done for the day. And today coming on at 7, um, you know, I realized that, uh, you know, 7 o'clock in the summertime is, is pretty early still. <laughs> There's still a lot of daylight. It is. We're still uh, kind of winding down for the day. And, um, you know, we had a very good day today with our crew. Uh, invited them, you know, up on my back patio for uh, for a couple of drinks after the day and talking about what we have coming up next and, you know, I just looked down at my at my phone a little bit ago, and it said it was 6:45, and I said, "Oh, holy cow! I gotta, <laughs> we gotta go talk to Mike." So, 
Um, I yeah. Heard it got cleaned up and, <laughs> and just jumped on. Yeah, seven o'clock is uh, it's, it's nice that it's it's warm and sunny and and uh, a lot of daylight and seven o'clock still feels early. A lot, a lot different than winter time around here, huh? Yeah, it definitely does. I was kind of thinking the same thing. I'm flying home to to get everything prepared to be able to do the podcast. I'm like, gosh, seven is kind of early. <laughs> we did it. Yeah. We made it. <laughs> yep, we're here. So, we're back. how's uh, everything thanks, going thanks for, for you? I'm very happy Good. to have you on. No problem. How's your season going? Keeping busy out there? Yeah, real busy. Uh, we had a had a big jump in our number of clean out and and maintenance jobs we have for this year, um, which started obviously in in early spring as soon as the weather allowed, and, uh, and that was great. Yeah. Now we have uh, uh, have some new labor help this year, which is going really well so far, and, and looking forward to uh, to expanding on that uh, in in the coming years. Uh, we have uh, we actually just just finally started our you know quote unquote construction season. Um, about a week or so ago, because um, we had so many cleanouts to do. Um, so I'm not going to complain about that, but uh, you know, it tells us that we need to look into that a little bit more for the future because things are things are going well. We got to make sure that we uh, you know stay on top of things and, and have the right folks in place. And I'm excited for that challenge and that opportunity. Yeah, that's great. So it sounds like a winning season so far, and. You also sound like you came out of a, a mostly winning season on your kids' baseball team. Yeah, man. If we if we could talk the whole hour for uh, just about little league baseball, I'd, I'd be okay with that. <laughs> uh, I think you know, I think most people would rather hear about baseball than minks, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, baseball is a lot more fun. Yeah, my my son is eight years old and uh, he's been playing baseball for uh, four years now, I think. And um, you know, this year is. Wow. You know, he was one of the older kids on the team, so he was one of the team leaders. This is uh, 8U Little League, so it's the last season for Coach Pitch. Um, starting this fall, he's going to have to face kid pitching. So, you know, so it's uh, it was a great a great time to really build a confidence. And um, our, our team was just, uh, you know, we had some, some, some good leaders, some, some older kids, but we also had a lot of younger guys, too, that uh, really came a long way from the, from the beginning of the season where just uh, – just throwing and catching was a challenge, you know, in the beginning. But uh, we ended up having a really good regular season. We had a tournament uh, that lasted the last uh, four days or so. Made it all the way to the championship game and ended up losing by one run last night. Uh, and uh, it was uh, <laughs> it was heartbreaking. We had uh, we had bases loaded. We had two outs. We had we had kids moving, and um, you know we just. Uh, our runner got out uh, running to third base from from second, and it was uh, it was wow. a really close play. It could have gone either way, but uh, you know the umpires did a great job, and you know we rolled with it. And uh, yeah, it was uh, it was cool because nobody was really giving us a chance to win against the team that we were facing because it was it was a, it was a stacked team. It was pretty good, you know. But yeah. uh, our kids, our especially our young guys, really stepped up, and our you know our older kids really uh, just played a heck of a game. And it was yeah, it was. It was heartbreaking to see how <laughs> how hard they played and to lose by right. one run, but I guess that's the best way to, to lose. They they got second place trophies and we all went out for pizza and drinks afterwards and it was uh it was a fun time. That's awesome. That really is. That that's the beauty of baseball. It's it's a nail biter and it's not over till it's over and you know, there's always always next year, so that's good. Sounds like yep. that's great though. That's awesome. Yeah, so um, in one, in one hand, I'm I'm 
a little bit glad the season's over because I can focus on being a, a contractor or a business owner now. Uh, but on the other hand, it's uh, I, I already miss it. <laughs> Rushing back home by yeah. five o'clock every day to get to practice or get to a game, it was it was uh, it was frustrating sometimes to leave a job site so early. But uh, you know, when it's for your kids, it, it makes it all worth it. Absolutely, no doubt. Well, I'm very happy you took the time to to come back. Uh, to do the show. I think the last time that you were on, we were talking about on predators in general. <laughs> so yeah. tonight we're going to be talking about, I, I mean, really a pretty devastating predator, which is the American mink. So I guess you're my go-to guy for all the scary topics, the scary side of pond keeping. Um, I'll, oh, I'll gosh. hand it over to Tim Wood. <laughs> Dealing with predators. <laughs> Maybe it's a good thing we're not doing a video webcast and they can see how scary I look on uh, on video as well. I'll just keep it to the to the radio. <laughs> <laughs> Funny, but it's like, like dealing with those kind of predators to to pond keepers is, is difficult because they kind of treat us like we are their personal sushi bar, which is kind of what we want to avoid for the people who are listening and maybe be able to, mm-hmm. I think, maybe even understand the mink a little bit more. And it's a, it's an interesting issue to me because it really seems like a fairly kind of relatively new issue, but I'm hearing about mink problems more and more, and they seem to be closer to home more and more. Um, and I honestly don't recall the mink being much of an issue, let's say, 10 years ago. I hear much more about it now. Do you feel like there's been an increase in mink sightings or issues? I think so. Um, I think I would agree with you, and uh, I'm not sure the exact reason. I, I mean, I think that, uh, you know, nowadays in the last, and of course, you know, the Internet's been around for quite a while now, but, you know, it, it seems that uh, that ponding and, you know, water garden keeping in general is kind of on an upswing again, and with the amount of information that's out there, it's easier to share information. I don't know if it's more people are becoming aware of it and kind of know what to look for, Um you know, so so they know more about mink now, or if maybe mink are actually adapting and and uh, you know expanding their territories. I mean, they're all over the country, which you know hardly anybody realizes, aside from the you know the southwest United States, where there's not a whole lot of water. Um, maybe maybe the mink are expanding, and and that's what we're seeing. I'm I'm not sure. What do you what do you think about that? Well, I kind of agree with you um, on a couple of points in the sense that people may just become more aware of the fact that a mink could be doing uh, damage and, and preying upon their ponds. Um, a lot of people, even when it comes to heron, which is a very common issue, they still don't, mm-hmm. I get calls where people just don't know what's happening to their pond. All they know is that fish are disappearing um, and getting eaten. So it's it could just be exactly that, that people are just more aware of it and they know that mink um, are around. But, uh, yeah, it's, I'm not sure where to go with it. I actually haven't had a personal issue with mink, but people, you know, guys in my area who I keep in touch with, other pond builders, they've definitely had mink issues, direct and personal. But mm-hmm. um, I guess it would probably be a good idea for us to kind of define what a mink is because I think most people think of mink as, you know, the luxurious mink coat, and there are these cute little critters. Um Mm-hmm. But the mink really is kind of a badass. It's it's there's two <laughs> kinds of mink. The 
the American mink and the European mink, and we'll focus on the American mink. But uh, I think what we discussed can be applied to its European cousin. And um, so the the mink, uh, its Latin name is Neobison bison, and they are cute animals. So, um, I mean, that's true, but don't let that fool you because they can be pretty devastating predators. So let's talk about what the mink is. It, it definitely is part of it's part of the weasel family, and it's a semi-aquatic mm-hmm. animal. Um, now you you just kind of touched on their range. What what is the range? Where can we expect to find mink within the U.S.? Uh, well, pretty much uh, almost everywhere in the U.S. Um, yeah, I was just looking up at the um, you know their their range map again before we got on. Um, actually, a few days ago when when we were first planning on getting on. Um, the, to make sure that uh, that I was still, you know, up up to date on their on their current range, and it uh, really hasn't changed much. There are mink in ninety percent of uh, locations in the in the United States. Um, the only place where they're really absent is, you know, you know, like Arizona, New Mexico areas where it's just basically desert. Um, any area that has natural water, uh, whether it's rivers, lakes, farm ponds. Uh, wetlands, marshes, um, you're pretty much going to have mink. Um, so, and and with you know with uh, humans, you're kind of spreading out into all areas of the country. And you know where we live in, in back in the boonies, we live in the city, we live everywhere in between. You know, it doesn't. It's it's not going to be too hard for a mink to travel from a river or a lake where it's you know where it currently lives. Um, you know, to just walk a few miles. You know, over the course of you know however long it would take. Maybe, maybe they're just kind of traveling around for a few weeks and scoping out new territories and come across a koi pond and uh, and start fishing that thing. Um, yeah, yeah, they're they're everywhere. We just uh, we just don't typically the, – the average person um, probably goes their entire life and never sees a mink or even probably even knows what a mink is, but um, they're, they're everywhere almost. Yeah, and I guess a lot of that would have to do with that <laughs> – they are well. First of all, they they are nocturnal mostly, so they're going to be busy while you know at night mm-hmm. doing their thing. They're very dark in coloration, so they're they're kind of dark brown or black in color, so they're hard to see even at night. And they're semi-aquatic, so a lot of people think of them. I guess when you think of you know a mink, it's a it's a weasel. You think of it as a dry land animal, but they have webbed feet. Right. I mean, they're they're very adept at being able to live in aquatic environments. They don't live in the water necessarily, but they're always around water. So you're right. I don't think people see a lot of them. Um, The ones that are being, I guess, farmed for coats are exactly that. They're, They're kind of kept in captivity on farms. So it's a weird perception. I think some people, including myself, you know, until fairly recently had about them. I, I never really you're thought of mink exactly as being, right. I'm in New, New Jersey and you're in Pennsylvania. I never really thought of them as being a local critter, uh, but they are for sure. And right. they're not endangered yep. at all either. Their, their numbers are doing just fine. I think the European <laughs> mink is protected, but the American mink is, is alive and well for sure. <laughs> yeah, so, they are. Uh, there's, Plenty of them out there, and and yeah, I think you're right. Most most folks, um, you know, when they think about a mink, they uh, they think about the mink coat, the, maybe the mink farming industry. Um, but uh, it, 
you know, not, not realizing that a mink is a, you know, naturally occurring wild animal in, in the area where you live more than likely, unless you live in Arizona, <laughs> they're, they're yeah. around. Um, you know, I like to refer to mink as, uh, you know, when, when customers ask me about, um, you know, pond predators, and of course they usually start off with raccoons and, um, you know, the neighborhood cats and, you know, not understanding that, uh, you know, those animals typically aren't going to get a whole lot of fish. Um, then maybe they, they think about the heron, um, and I, I bring up the mink and, and they, and usually they're a little bit surprised. Um, and I say, yeah, they're around. And I, I refer to the mink as, as the, as, as, as a little, you know, pond fishing ninja, uh, cause they are yeah. very hard to spot, um, for exactly the reasons you just stated about being nocturnal and, you know, they're, they're they're sly they're they're very conscious to to not be around humans you know when you know when humans are present so um they're sneaky mm-hmm. little, little little creatures and um yeah, yeah they're uh they're pretty good at what they do and not very big i mean i think they max out at about two feet long somewhere around there um you can recognize them i mean they look like a weasel or a, a ferret you know maybe a bigger version of a ferret kind of a shorter tail, a little stubby tail. So that's kind of mm-hmm. how people, if you're not sure what you're seeing around your pond, that's a good mm-hmm. way to identify them. Um, and they do have a broad range, so we've talked about that. They're, they're definitely in, you know, the United States, Canada, not so much in the southern portions of the United States. And an individual territory for a mink can be up to 40 acres. So, I mean, that, that's that's. For a small animal, that's that's a pretty broad area to to use as their their hunting grounds, and they are carnivorous, so they're they're definitely um, predators, full on straight up predators. What are some of the things that they eat? What are some of the foods that you know, apart from our koi? <laughs> what are some of the other foods right. that they they go for? Yeah, when they're when they're not dining on our you know koi that range in price from five dollars to five hundred dollars or more they're uh, you know in their in their more natural environment lakes and, and farm ponds you know they they love crayfish um they um they they love to to catch really you know they, they love to hunt and and catch other living aquatic animals whether that's crayfish or frogs or you know if there's if there's chipmunks or mice you know around the shoreline they're gonna go after them you know, uh, uh, any baby birds that may be nested around there that are going to be low to the ground enough where the mink can reach. Um, they, um, I, I think, um, I think crayfish is probably one of the highest, uh, highest menu menu items on their, uh, on, on what they're feeding on. Um, but just about anything that they can catch that is alive they're they're going to eat it. Yeah. And that's a good way to put it. Uh, just about anything they can catch. You know, they they tend to hang out near rivers, swamps, ponds, lakes, marshes. So any animals you would see there, including um, birds, snakes, I mean, pretty much anything, muskrat, they mm-hmm. will yep. vigorously take on these these larger uh, creatures, which is impressive. In in kind of preparing for the show, I went and I was checking out some videos of mink on YouTube and I came across a few where, I mean, <laughs> they're attacking large swans. They're attacking, um, <laughs> rabbits, uh, muskrats. I mean, vicious, vicious fighting. And they are just fearless. 
I mean, like yep. most animals, but they are just absolutely mm-hmm. fearless. So I think people, you know, let's say you see a mink by your pond and you, you decide you're going to get it. First of all, you probably won't. Um, but if you do, be careful because they, they're not, they're not necessarily just going to run, a, run away. They could certainly turn around and, you know, chomp onto you for a bit too. Right. So hopefully yeah. They'll you stick know, to their, that whole, it's the, it's the whole, uh, you know, cornered wild animal thing there where, um, you know, we don't, don't want to, you know, scare folks to think that there's a, uh, you know, murderous, uh, mink that are going to come out and start attacking us. But, you know, if you're if you happen upon one and, and you and you scare it and you know, if it feels threatened, then it, you know it's going to turn and and do what it needs to to survive as a uh, as a wild animal. So, um, yeah, definitely want to be careful. You know, watch. Um, you know, if you have any you know dogs or cats that are around the pond, if you if you suspect that you're that you're you know losing some fish and you think that it, it might be uh, related to mink, um, you know, a, a great big Labrador, kind of a big you know sturdy dog is, is, is going to probably scare them away, but uh, any any little dogs or little pets like that, you might want to kind of keep a close eye on them until you get that mink uh, trapped or, you know, otherwise, you know, taken care of and, and out, of, out of that area. Yeah, I don't think a mink would have, uh, would think twice about taking on a small dog or a cat or anything like that. And there's not many mm-hmm. predators no. for them either. I mean, there's, there's fox and birds of prey, maybe coyotes and humans. I mean, there's there's not, and you know, a, a plethora of other animals trying to uh, trying to eat them. Probably because they're right. such, you know, aggressive little buggers. And you know, on that point, you were saying, you know, if your dog or something corners them, or if, if or if a person decides to corner them, like any animal, they're going to fight to the death, pretty much. But I found it interesting in some of the descriptions that mink will, like, they will stand their ground, they growl, they hiss, um, and they can give off a really pungent odor, a lot like a skunk. They can't direct a spray like a skunk. But if you mm-hmm. do, let's say, trap a mink and decide you're going to relocate this this little guy, um, get ready for some serious stink inside your car because they, they can give off a very, very, very strong odor. So people should be aware of that as well, which, yep. which just adds to the difficulty of trying to control them, aquatic environments like we're talking about. And on a side note, when they're happy, they purr like a cat, <laughs> which, <laughs> which is interesting to me, <laughs> being an owner of cats. Um, how, do, how can people tell if they're having a mink issue, are, are there any kind of telltale signs for that specific predator? Uh, yes, there are. You know, um, the, the first thing that anybody really is going to, to notice when it comes to their koi pond is that, um, you know, they're going to go outside one day and, and realize, oh, there's seems to be a few less fish in, in my pond, in my water garden. Um, now, if you have a big koi pond with, you know, several dozen koi and a whole bunch of goldfish and stuff, you know, it might take a long time to notice the the population decline. But if you have a small pond with, you know, only maybe, say, six uh, decent-sized koi in it, you're going to notice if one of them's gone. Um, you know, the, the next day you're going to notice there's another one gone or another two gone. Um, you know, and that's that's going to be the first sign is that you're, you're losing fish. Uh, at that point... What what you're going to want to do is is try to determine okay is this 
is this a mink or is it um, a heron, you know, a great blue heron, which is the other, you know, most likely culprit aside from the mink. Yeah. And, um, you know, a, a good thing to do to, to, to find that out is to start searching around your pond. You know, look for look for any, um, you know, undercut boulders, um, overhanging ledges that are, um, you know, in, the, in right on the edge of the pond or up away from the pond, you know, close, you know, within, you know, 50 feet or so. If you have a lot of boulder outcroppings in your landscape, you know, look around there and, and see if you can find any any fresh, uh, freshly dug holes or, or crevices that are going up underneath a, a large boulder. Um, that, that's what a mink is going to do to um, – a mink is going to go, and like you said, they're nocturnal. They're typically going out at night doing their thing, grabbing a fish, and then they're going to take the fish out of the pond and, and go somewhere where they feel safe and, and eat it. Um, so if you can find some sort of a burrow, um, you know, don't just stick your hand right up in there. Maybe take a flashlight and uh, and try to get a visual uh, a visual uh, cue there if, if there's actually a mink in there. You know, you may find a burrow, yeah. but the mink's not there. Um, but if you find a, an area where they feel safe and hidden where they're going to consume their prey, um, you might also likely find uh, the dead uh, carcass of a fish. Um Okay. And if a mink has time to to eat as much as they want, the 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 carcass is pretty much going to be picked clean. Um, you're just going to see bones there. Um, not going to see really anything else left at all. Mink are very um, very good at uh, getting every last bit of nutrition out of out of their their prey. Um, yeah. You know, if it's winter time or if you have any mud uh, muddy areas around the pond, you can look for tracks. Um, you know, go ahead and Google anybody who's listening. Google mink tracks um, and get a get a good visual idea of what they look like. Um, you know, but th- those are the two big things that you're gonna they're gonna tell you that you have a mink. Um, you know, otherwise you can, you know, a, a pretty a pretty neat little thing you can do. Uh, say, you know, a lot of people are probably thinking right now, oh well, I work during the day and I'm only you know, visiting my pond for maybe a few hours in the evening. I'm not home during the day to see if it's a heron or a mink. And, you know, I, I don't have time to go searching around the woods and everything to, to, to try to find a, you know, where a mink is hiding out at. You know, you could always set up a trail camera like they use for deer hunting and, you know, and turkey scouting, that sort of thing. Set up a trail camera yep. or some other kind of webcam in your backyard and, and have it set right on your pond, um, you know, and, and go back and check it and see if there's anything visiting your pond during the day. Um, if you see right. a heron there, then well, you know that's probably what's getting your fish. You know, if you don't see any sign of anything else that's going on in your pond, yet you're still noticing some fish are are missing, uh, it's a pretty good bet that uh, you, you have a mink to deal with. Yeah, yeah, and mink are one of the few predators as well that will actually kill more than they can eat. So if you're finding a carcass. Or let's say you're finding a collection of carcasses mm-hmm. um, in the area around your pond, like your fish are just disappearing, disappearing, and then you find three or four of them stockpiled. That's a pretty yep. telltale sign of a of a mink as well. Exactly. So that's something to watch. Whereas the the heron basically swallows it whole and takes off. So the heron doesn't leave any mess. It doesn't leave anything around the pond. There's no sign of struggle. Um, you know. Whereas the mink, you can see that. You, like you said, you can see tracks. You can, um, in the winter time, or you know, if it's discernible enough during other other seasons, you perhaps will see dragging marks where the mink will be dragging the fish away from the pond, and they'll definitely take That's on a, some pretty big fish thing. too. 
Yep. Maybe even yeah, bigger fish than a herring. Yeah, I mean, a, a herring <laughs> might not be willing to eat as big a fish as a mink will. So that, that's something, that too, if it's really big fish disappearing. Super aggressive. I mean... Man, those things—they're like a—they're—they're they're just a little oxymoron in the in the pond world. They are so stinking cute, you know. You just look at a mink on, look at a picture of a mink, and you're gonna you're gonna want to pick it up and hold it and cuddle with it. But uh, boy, you surely surely wouldn't want to do that in real life because they'll uh, they'll tear you a new one. <laughs> yeah, and I think people do actually feel exactly what how you you just described it. Evokes feelings of oh, that's really cute. And some of um, – I saw some interesting stories and headlines uh, of groups. I, I, I don't know any groups specifically, but PETA-like groups that um, would raid mink farms and let all the minks free because they don't want them being turned into coats. And in doing that, when you let, you know, a couple thousand minks free into a countryside where the mink populations were normal and now all of a sudden they've quadrupled – They've had really, really horrible effects. I mean, uh, farms have gotten wiped out. Um, you know, they just—they—they they are serious predators, and they'll—they'll they'll attack chickens, and they just—they kind of really rampage over the countryside. I saw a couple different articles about that, where minks being freed from these uh, mink farms have really had um, some serious side, uh, side effects for like the local economy and just people living in the area. So it's. As cute as you think they are, sometimes it's better just to kind of leave things as they are and maybe not release a thousand mink into your local neighborhood. (laughs) (laughs) Your pets are going to disappear. Your cats are going to disappear. Birds are going to disappear. Ground nesting birds. I mean, the ecology of the area gets heavily impacted. It really is some serious stuff. It's things that people really need to think about, even though they're just awful cute. So... What what can yeah. people do to try to protect against minks? I mean that that kind of would be the big issue. Like once you know that you have a mink, you, you need to take action. What can people do? What should right? People do? Yeah. So that's so that's the big uh, that's the million dollar question is uh, you know how do we how do we keep our fish safe from uh, from all the from mink? You know, and it's um, and it's tough. You know, mink are they're they're very um, agile they're they're very um like i said sneaky you know they can they can you know um wiggle their way in between you know cracks and 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 bolt in rock work you know if there's a little bit of a space there they can they can get through if you know if you put a a lot of folks will try putting a net over the pond to, to protect their fish from herons um i've seen mink be able to to basically dig a little bit of a hole and um go right under it Sorry about that. I was having a, a call come through. I had to uh, send it to voicemail. Um, you know, I had you know, mink can can dig a little depression and, and get right underneath a, a net. Um, yeah. You know, and get in there and, and do their thing. You know, what um, a few things that we've uh, that we've found that uh, can be pretty uh, pretty pretty uh, effective at keeping mink from getting your fish. Uh, one of them is adding a pond dye uh, to your water. You know, not everybody's going to love the idea of tinting their water, you know, uh, black or blue, because um, it makes it harder to to see your 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 pet koi, uh, but it also makes it harder for the mink to see your koi as well. You know, um, 
so so that that's one of the most effective things you can do. Um, you know, something else <clears throat> something else that can be done is to add some structure uh, in in the pond. Um, of course, we're talking about you know uh, a little bit of a larger koi pond here. Um, you know, putting in that, whether it's uh, some milk crate type um, type of things um, or some some uh, larger drainage pipe with some rock around it to kind of make like a fish cave or a fish tunnel um, and give the fish uh, a little bit of an escape route so that way they don't get cornered by a mink. You know, they can go in and out of these holes and, and, and tunnels and, you know, if they can, if they can make the mink continuously, you know, go around in circles, you know, trying to get around the structure to get to the fish, you know, it's going to make the mink more tired and, and a little bit less likely to, to, to try and, and continue to, to get all those fish. Um, they might decide, oh, well, the, the pond I came from or the lake I came from, you know, you know, uh, a quarter mile away, it was a heck of a lot easier to catch those crayfish and salamanders than it is to catch these fish. So they, they may leave. Um, you know, th- those are two really, are two really big, uh, really big things that can be done. Okay, so, so for somebody maybe on the front end who is intending to build a koi pond, and maybe is aware of the you have mink populations in the area, so you're saying basically, <clears throat> excuse me, a larger pond is kind of a defense mechanism. You can allow your fish to um, have plenty of room to escape. It's not a confined little area that makes it really easy for the mink to get into. And I think on that note, too, is that, you know, the mink um, can tire out fairly easily if they have have to go from one side of the pond to the other side, whereas once fish get on high alert, I mean, koi can be pretty lightning fast. They can go from one side of a pond to another in, in a blink of an eye. So that, mm-hmm. I would agree, you know, a larger pond is certainly going to give you a leg up on uh, dealing with mink issues. Dying the water is a good idea. I've heard of people doing that as well. Um, so netting basically doesn't does not work. I mean that that's not it works against many other predators. It's not going to work for mink. And I've also heard I don't know if it's true or not, but um, I should say I read that uh, the ultrasonic devices, which work for various other predators or critters, doesn't really work for the mink either. So, you know, that's something that you can have in your arsenal uh, for other predators, but the ultrasonic deterrence may not work. And trapping, which we kind of, I guess, um, talked about real quick a little bit earlier, trapping can work, but just be careful because you they will, you know, give off that, that smell, that very heavily musky smell, which can be a little off-putting. And you got to take them far away. I mean, if it has a 40-acre range, yeah. you you got to really take it out of its own neighborhood um, to let it go again, wherever you're going to do that. So, yeah, it's crazy. Right. I mean, they, they are they're amazing little animals, but it's um, they are the real deal when it comes to being a predator in, in ponds. Um, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, crazy. you know, talking about the – Talking about the, uh, the the trapping thing, uh, that that is a great way to uh, you know to get rid of mink. Um, but but if you're going to take that route, um, I encourage anybody who's who's uh, 
considering this to to go on, go online or, or look at your your state's um, you know Department of Natural Resources or you know, Fish and Game Commission, whatever it's called in whatever state you live in. Uh, make sure that there's um, that, that there's a law that allows the trapping of nuisance uh, mink um, in a residential setting. Um, there more than likely there's going to be, but mink are a, a classified as a fur bearer. They're a mammal, and there is a, a state uh, you know hunting season for mink in just about every state in the country. So um, you know you can't just go out to your local you know um, public pond or lake and trap mink anytime you want to. You have to abide by that season, you know, but if it's at your own personal property, chances are they're, they're going to give you an exception, allow you to do that. Um, Cause you can claim that they're, you know, they're, they're damaging your, your property. They're, they're eating your pets and, and that sort of thing. So, but I, but I would encourage anybody to, to, um, you know, confirm that before you go out and, um, you know, and, and attempt to, to catch mink. And like you said, um, you know that there are there are nuisance animal trappers. You know all over. You know uh, professional contractors that are that are skilled at, at catching various animals. That's probably a good idea um, to utilize one of those guys because they you know they kind of know what they're doing in that regard. Um, yeah. You know because if you do end up catching a mink in a in a trap and you know like I said it's gonna you got to be real careful where where you put your fingers um, to to carry that trap. They're gonna spray that musky. Uh, nasty scent that they have and, and ruin your, the backseat of your car. Um, you know, so, so yeah, there's certainly some things to consider. There's a, I did find a, a good website, um, you know, when I was doing a little research, um, if you just, uh, if anybody wants to just Google, um, how to trap a mink, um, you'll likely come up pretty quickly to the website. I believe it was, um, uh, a, a, a company that makes traps. And I think it was called have a heart. I think was the name of the company and they had a pretty good, um, you know, kind of step-by-step list of how some, some things to do and some things not to do as far as what bait to try to use, um, you know, where to set the trap and, and some big, uh, some big do's and some big do nots. Um, so it comes down to education really. If, if anybody thinks they want to try to, to trap a mink or, you know, anything for that matter for something you're not used to doing, then you do a little research and, Make sure you do it right and do it safe and and have a good result and not a uh, not a horror story to to tell your grandkids of you know how you're missing your left pinky finger you know along those lines. Yeah, they call those minky fingers. <laughs> I set you up perfectly for that one. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I just made that up. <laughs> um, well, that that actually that's excellent advice. Um, thank you so much for that. That really is. It's excellent advice. Um, I hope people who are dealing with mink um, are learning a little bit more about it through this podcast and how to deal with them, how to protect against them. Um, and be sure, like Tim is, is suggesting, that you do check to see what local um, hunting laws are, trapping laws, all that kind of stuff. We don't want anybody getting in trouble. Um, not that I would tell on anybody if they trapped a mink and let it go somewhere, but you never know. So be very <laughs> careful with all that stuff. And thanks, uh, thanks so much, Tim, for joining me tonight. Um, it was really informative. Um, the time kind of just flies by here. But I really appreciate you making the time to come on. I know it's your busy season. I know you're out there doing your thing. And I, I really appreciate you coming in here and kind of giving your advice to the listeners and dealing with this, this issue because mink are not going away. They're here to stay. Um, they have, there's a healthy population here in North America, and it's something that I think people are going to have to deal with from time to time. 
So thanks so much for coming on and uh, for the great information. Hey, it's my pleasure. Thank you again for having me. I'm, I'm honored to, uh, to, to be a, a two-time guest on your, on your webcast radio show. Um, I think that's very cool. I love what you're doing with, uh, with sharing this information about, about ponding and water gardening of, of all styles. Um, I think that's great. And, uh, I wish you continued success with, uh, with this endeavor. Well, thank you, my friend. And I'm sure I'll see you a little bit later this summer. And how can people yep. catch up with you? I know you're on, you're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. Are you on YouTube? Uh, we're on YouTube. Yep. We're, um, actually the, the easiest way, if anybody really, uh, you know, listened to this webcast and, and thought, boy, that, that Tim, he sounds like a really, uh, really smart guy and, and probably is a good guy to follow on social media and, maybe call from time to time. Yeah. Go to our, our website is aquatic edge consulting.com. Um, and the, the term consulting is misleading. We're not just consultants. We, we do all the work and everything, but you know, just, uh, I picked that name a long time ago and we quickly morphed from consulting to, you know, actual doers of, of a lot of different things. So, um, yeah, aquatic edge consulting.com, um, on our website, follow a couple of links. You'll find, uh, a page that has all of our social media profiles. We have um, a digital portfolio for all of our koi pond and water garden work um, on Flipboard, which is a great app for that. It's easy to share with folks. Uh, we also have a portfolio for our lake management work that we that we do. We have uh, yes, Ram, uh, uh, Snapchat. Um, I'm on. Uh, I believe my handle is Tim Aquatic Edge. That's a little bit more of a fun kind of way to share some things with folks. It's not it's not real polished and and business like. It's a little bit more uh, you know kind of just fun little snacks throughout the day. Where you know sometimes it's sometimes it's funny, sometimes it's it's goofy, sometimes it's uh, sometimes it's serious. But um, I think Snapchat lends itself yeah. well to sharing some some silly things along along those lines. Uh, I actually earlier today, luckily the the, the Nobody had their phone out and was recording this, but um, I put a pump down into a pond and and I was bent over with my face right next to it and I turned a valve to to increase the flow and you know the the the, the hose flew off and water shot right into my face. Would have been a great thing. <laughs> That's the kind of things you'll see on Snapchat from us when we catch them on camera. Um, yeah, we're on Instagram. Uh, Tim Aquatic Edge is also the Instagram handle. Um, that's a little bit more uh, just kind of sharing some nice pictures of some of some work that we've done and um, or just some neat things that we see throughout the day. Uh, Facebook, Aquatic Edge Pond and Landscape Solutions, also Aquatic Edge uh, Farm Pond and Lake Management. We have two different pages for our two different uh, you know services that we that we provide. Yep. Uh, I'm sure there's more. We're on Twitter. Um, yeah, we're, um, we're we're not hard to find if you want to look for us. Awesome. That's awesome. And, yeah, you're not just consulting. As a matter of fact, last time I saw you was out in Oklahoma where you um, won an award for your, your yeah. artistry in, in construction, which was very impressive, again. And congratulations on that. So thanks Thank so you. much, yeah, Tim. I look forward to seeing you. Yeah, that was really cool. Um, and I'm going to be judging this year. So if you're if you're in it again, now, uh, I may be the eyeballs that are judging it. <laughs> Okay, well, uh, let me know if you accept bribes in the form of cash payment or uh, alcohol or whatever, whatever your vice. Oh, good, great. Okay, so yeah, we'll uh, actually take all three of after those. the show. Okay, yeah, after the show, we'll uh, maybe have a little personal conversation then. 
All right, right on. Cool. Oh, off the air. All right, man. Off the air. <laughs> Thank you so much, and uh, I will catch up with you soon. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate it, man. Have a good night. You bet, Tim. Take good care. That was Tim Wood, everybody, from Aquatic Edge Consulting, um, an awesome pond professional out in Pennsylvania, great professional, talented pond builder. Um, You can check him out online. And if you're listening from the Pennsylvania area, be sure to get in touch with Tim, Tim Wood, Aquatic Edge Consulting. So thanks for listening, everybody. I hope it gave you some insight into dealing with minks and your pond, your koi pond water garden goldfish pond. They can certainly be an issue from time to time for uh, pond keepers. And hopefully this gave you a little better um, preparation in the event that you need to deal with them. So thanks for listening, everybody. I'm your host, Mike Gannon. You can find more Pond Hunter radio broadcasts on iTunes and Blog Talk Radio and on YouTube. I appreciate you all being here. And be sure to share your pond keeping lifestyle with everyone you can. It really is a great thing. It's a great hobby. It's a great lifestyle. I feel very blessed to be able to call this my profession. So we'll catch up with you next time, everybody. Um, Keep it pondy. You have been listening to the Pond Hunter Radio Broadcast on Blog Talk Radio with your host, Mike Gannon, the Pond Hunter. In the pursuit of all things aquatic, broadcasting Wednesday nights on Blog Talk Radio. The Pond Hunter, keeping it pondy for the aquatically obsessed. That's right, everybody, the aquatically obsessed. Thanks again for listening, and we will catch you next time. Be good, everybody. Peace out.